This is Moss Whelan and Story in Mind. Just getting out the door like an expert. And it's another overcast morning. It's about five in the morning. Fresh though it's uh, <clears throat> there's been some rain uh, earlier and there's a nice fresh breeze it doesn't smell like the sea because we're on the Pacific so- Ocean so sometimes we do get these gusts where it's sort of like wow you know what's that it's there's something kind of salty there's some kind of something that sort of suggests <laughs> is it the, the stink of seaweed or something like that uh, topic suspense and I'm just remembering an old radio show I think it was just called suspense and then in the introduction it would say something like uh, tales calculated to keep you in suspense and to sell soap and other kind of products okay so suspense Uh, suspense is all about keeping you guessing and um, presenting a situation and continuing this question of what's going to happen and I'm just thinking about um, just going through Johannes Steger's video collection on uh, YouTube the fantasy and coffee videos (laughs) I want to say I want to say there's there's not much fantasy these days. There's a lot of writing. There was there was more fantasy, and now it's uh, it's it's more into it's more into writing. And to I'm on board. I think it's important, and I think it's that sort of like the the fantasy element of his videos are. It's kind of surrounding it that you know that that's his. Um, you know that's the that's the place where he exists. Um, <laughs> anyways, I I do recommend it if you're you know you're interested. Uh, and two, let me know if there's you know videos, people making stuff, podcasts. About, you know, fantasy and writing. Okay, so. Suspense. Cliffhanger? That's a... That's a good example. Of... Story where... We don't know what's going to happen. It's, it's sort of left uh, at this point. I'm just having this thought of it would be interesting to do different point point of view characters where we have say one character who's involved in a cliffhanger and we change point of view and go over and deal with other characters and then we we return to answer the question it's like well you know what happened this person was hanging on this cliff and I, I want to know I want to know about them uh, in Johannes when, when Johannes was talking about it he was talking about it, he was saying every chapter has got to have a question and that 
you're paying off, you're answering the question, but you're also creating new questions. And, and this creates a level of suspense that is not huge. So there's, there's these different levels of suspense. There's the, uh, there's the very sort of low-level suspense, which is more of a question or curiosity. Uh, and then the extreme of suspense, where there's a physical danger and a threat. I, I think a, a good way to look at it as would be, say, dramatic suspense, which is versus um, characters, right? Say it's, you know, relationships, struggles between characters and what they want, their motivations, versus uh, a physical suspense, which is threat to one's own safety and well-being, and to two other characters, a stakes character. And I like the notion of almost like a kind of pulsing that we have, you know, the, the rise of the dramatic. You know, so we have, say, a scene that is just drama, it's dialogue. Um, perhaps there is a combination of the two, that we have dialogue of the relationship and the threat, um, you know, this physical uh, conflict, that they, you know, that they would merge. I can, I can sort of remember doing both. I had a... I remember writing, writing and editing a lot, this... Uh, scene in this hidden city where these uh, these two girls are talking while they're going through this physically dangerous uh, what would it be called? Not, not a maze. There was also a maze in that story too, but So why? <laughs> why do it? it? It it does grab the reader. If there's no if there's no threat, then yeah, if there's no conflict, you know, then then there's no story. So story is all about conflict. Conflict, conflict, conflict. And Suspense is about drawing out that conflict. So it's not immediate. It's a threat. We can introduce the threat, then develop the threat, then pay off the threat in a kind of three-act structure. So you can have a story thread that is connect connected to... It's, you know, say, connecting points in the story of this uh, drama or this physical threat. The physical threat, it, it doesn't have to be just a cliff. It can be a whole series of events. just sort of reminded me of these old movie serials like Flash Gordon or Buck Rogers uh, where we go from one cliffhanger to the next cliffhanger and, and literal cliffhangers people hanging off the edges of buildings and flying platforms, planes and 
I was just thinking too, I'm pretty sure I've seen this where somebody actually falls and then they, you know, stop and then it's tune in next week to find out what happens. And that's that's even more thrilling, you know, because at least with, you know, the cliffhanger you're hanging on versus, you know, where you've actually fallen. That's just like, whoa, you know, the next step, next level suspense. Something I picked up from Peter Jackson and the Lord of the Rings movies was he he was saying that there ought to be um, action, like every every ten minutes, right? There's got to be some kind of action. That that was kind of his uh, mantra. And it's probably not always the case, but... Uh, I'm sure he's, you know, picking that up from somebody else or using it as a kind of um, base. It's it's also a good rule of thumb. Like, say, you don't want a dramatic scene to be going on and on and on. You want to be, there to be movement within the scene. If it is static, it would be almost more interesting if if it was really static, right? That there was complete silence and that you would have moments where of stillness to contrast. But of course, it's up to the it's up to the scene, it's up to spending time with the scene and figuring out uh, what the scene's about, really. So suspense. I I used to listen to these old radio shows. Um, this was there was there was a radio station in Vancouver here. At least one radio station, and they would broadcast. Um, these old radio shows. And so, my friends and I, this would be sort of in between elementary school and uh, high school, or some people say middle school. But we would stay up, you know, listen to these things. And then, and then discuss, you know, how freaked out we were. And a lot of it was lost, <laughs> I think, you know, sort of in one ear, out the other. But powerful to have the narrative and, uh, taking you to that place. So it was one step removed from... TV and film, where it's just given to you, and instead, you know, like reading, with listening, you know, you've, you get the, the pleasure of imagining this stuff. Uh, And two, it's such an odd kind of way to describe it, pleasure you know, from, you know, this, the thrill of the threat of physical annihilation. I have a feeling I'm going to run into a, it's going to be either a raccoon or a uh, skunk. I haven't seen a coyote for a while. That's another possibility.
possibility. One thing that we have, we don't get in the city, we don't get mountain lions. But I wonder, say, when they get hungry enough, that uh, they would sort of, you know, take risks and chances. And uh, an example would be, it's either pol- I, th- I think polar bears do it, where they actually start to. They're so, you know, of course, they're so hungry that they just push aside, you know, fear of humans. And uh, so they'll start going through garbage. And uh, that's up north. But then to, you know, bears, it's a similar situation. Uh, And camping here, there's all kinds of little things you can do to sort of uh, lessen the chances of bears uh, going through your stuff, and what one of them is, you put uh, you put the food, all of the food, in a bag, and then you hang it up in a tree. Occasionally, people will have you know bears going through their stuff in the middle of the night camping, uh, you know. Uh, or even, you know, say, going into your tent. You don't want to have food in your tent. <laughs> and, then, and then there's, there's the, the problem of what to actually do, you know, when you come across either bears or uh, mountain lions. You know, do you, and you just happen to have, like, bear spray or you have to have like an air horn or whistle or something do you sort of put your arms up and out to make yourself look big why can't we just all get along it's the food chain baby okay so suspense the only run-in with sort of a large uh, large animal was that I had was a porcupine I've mentioned it before it was the weirdest thing and imagine Imagine the largest rodent you've ever seen, and it's it's as big as a maybe a motorcycle. You know, it's 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 big and weird. It's not like a beaver. You know, it's got all these quills on its back, and <laughs> the look in its eyes. It was pissed off. Uh, and you know, not not happy to see me. You know how sometimes you get sort of this look of intelligence in the eyes, like animals will seem to have. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, you've got there's a person in there, and this this was this was not just a person, but it was a really irritated person. You know, they were they were up to their own business and, you know, I was interrupting them. And too, I just I just slowly backed out. And uh, as a rule of thumb that that works. <laughs> So, in in the case of of a threat, I'm just thinking of, say, a situation where I I had an environment that was very threatening, and 
I'm just thinking about it. I'm going, it's like, oh yeah, I did pay that off. I introduced the environment and then I developed the environment as threatening, right? That, you know, this was not a safe place to be. And then finally I paid it off, right? That, they, that you know, something dangerous did happen. And uh, so it's, it's about introducing, introducing the idea, right, that something, you know, bad could happen. So, you know, the character could voice concerns um, out loud or just internally that they would have this feeling of ill ease. If and two later in uh, editing, so you'd be doing a draft. Say you're doing your your show versus tell draft, and you want instead of just saying, you know, looking at this, you know, setting, the main character, you know, felt uh, worried that something would happen, and that's that's telling, and so. You, for the showing, it would be considering what the physical feeling of it. Uh, instead of even saying vertigo, if we're talking about, say, a cliff and the cliff hanging, instead of saying uh, worry or vertigo, it could sort of, you know, the character felt a spinning feeling. Let's say it's, uh, let's say it's Joe, and Joe feels a spinning feeling, and a kind of tightness uh, in the stomach and perhaps even feeling like like they're going to vomit. And that the showing brings us a bit closer to the physical experience. You know, of, of course, you know, it's it's written, you know, it's it's written or it's going to be an audio book. Uh, but it's all about, you know, conveying how the character is feeling. Um, it could be subtle things like plans to stay away from the cliff edge, or they, the the characters are communicating and saying, you know, you know, be careful. <laughs> it's a long way down, right? Or they make these elaborate plans, like you know, tying ropes to each other which is a pro and a con. I always thought that was, it was unusual because I was like, you know, are, should you tie each other to get, you know, like if one person goes, then the other person's gonna be yanked down with them. Uh, is there some kind of technique to stop yourself being pulled over? Uh, is, is it sort of like, um, You know, if you have enough people that you can kind of, that you'll have a greater chance of, you know, pulling that person up. It always struck me as an odd thing that, you know, people lashing themselves together. And <laughs> if one person goes, we all go. But, uh, Announcing, announcing the the danger, and uh, announcing this feeling that that there is a threat, and and that is that is the setting it up, or the setup could just be say reaching the cliff, and s something like you know okay you know we've got to climb down, it's going to be really dangerous. It might even be set up much earlier where they have a map, say, and they're planning their trip, and they go, oh, there's, there's the cliff. You know, we'll, we'll get there in a couple days. And uh, something about, you know, that's going to be the most dangerous part of our journey. And then we're developing it. Um, they get there, and, you know, they begin to climb down the cliff, 
let's say that they, they've tied themselves together, and uh, the classic is the part of the development is the um, the person who all of a sudden they, they step on the wrong rock or um, you know some a pile of rocks and they they just scatter and uh, the you know dust and dirt and rocks fall down the cliff and everyone looks over you know to sort of to see the potential and of course there's a description of you know far below and perhaps there's like a a river down there uh, let's say that you know they're almost done and and then one person let's say it's the the top person with the rope and they 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 actually slip and fall and then they pluck everyone off of the cliff cliff face and then they all fall in the river and um, thankfully you know there's enough water and they don't uh, they don't sort of get hit on the rocks at least in this episode but say perhaps you know the, the story is brutal enough that we lose you know a person or a pack mule gets swept away and you know we never see them again in the story mm, yeah it really depends on the on the uh, age group you're writing for but even even the hobbit occasionally i'll think about the hobbit and the amount of violence or say the Narnia stories, and, you know, it's, you know, we have, we have battles, we have, you know, sword fighting, you know, kids that, it's like, of course, you know, the kids are going to survive, but just looking at it as an adult going, you know, this is brutal. Part of it, I want to say, is that it was... You know, this is around turn of the century. We have World War One. We have World War Two. I ha- I've had these weird conversations with writers, authors who who want to do stories that start off with uh, start off middle grade and escalate. Right? Suddenly, we're in young adult territory, and things go. Things get weird, and and uh, mature adults, and uh, that there's this uh, one part of it is uh, rationalization. You know, I can I can write whatever I want to write, and then my response is, well, sure, just put a label on it. You know, say this is an adult novel, and then. You know, occasionally I get the response back that uh, that they shouldn't feel obligated to do that, right? That in a, in a, in a way, sort of shoving aside genre, and there's big problems there uh, with uh, and two, we don't really. We don't really get into these conversations or arguments, but my stance is that is to is to consider is to consider the child reader, and I I, I say that you know the if you're starting with you know in a middle grade uh, main character, you know that you you ought to stay there, and it that it would be a, a middle-grade story. And to, of course, it would be awesome if adults can read it as well, but just that the content is, is middle-grade. Well, what's that, Moss? <laughs> I, 
I think it's I think it's just sort of you know thinking about kids, and you know having having respect for kids. There's that, and then too say if you want if you want to write about you know mature topics, then do it as uh, do it as an the main character is adult, getting closer to that. There's a lot of push-pull. There's people who want to write uh, young adult with, like say, getting into, getting into the erotic and getting into um, that. And I, th- I think what it is is that like say, I think it can be done. I think it can be done well, in the sense of uh, considering, considering, like once again, considering kids, considering teenagers, and. But but then too, I'll come across writers who are um, not concerned, and which is unfortunate it's you know to me that's coming across as um a bit selfish a bit well, not even a bit it's selfish and egotistical and you know that they're not considering the reader and uh i re- i remember being a middle grade reader and i wanted to have you know, adventures and fun, and I wasn't interested in, you know, adult problems and garbage. You know, it was it was adventure. It was the the golden years, the golden age. There's this uh, there's this book, and then there's this movie. What's, a, what's another another example? John, John Steinbeck's uh, Red Pony. Hate it. And two, I'm sure if I read it as an adult, I would be, you know, sort of like, you know, okay, well, it's really well written, so on and so forth. But I remember picking it up and as a kid and just being hugely disappointed. Uh, and two, it was, it was sort of, it was positioned that way, right? That, oh, well, this is... This is a... This is a tragedy for kids. Oh, that's great. <laughs> More tragedy for the kids. Uh... So I'm just... Sort of going, okay, I'm off topic, and perhaps the consideration here would be talking about writing suspense for different ages. So, say for the for middle grade, you know, it's not. It's weird because there is death in some of the books I've mentioned, like um, The Hobbit, The Hobbit, Narnia. And it's sort of a yes and no. Uh, for the Hobbit, it is there's this there's this constant threat of death from let's see how how we go again. It starts off with trolls, and then we get goblins. Then then we get. Spiders, then we get a dragon, and so what? What is it that makes it not mature? What is it that makes it like say, if if I knew a writer that did this, and I pick it up, and I'm going, oh my gosh, you know, there's there's this threat of death, this this suspense at every turn. This isn't for kids. 
so the, there's the question, well, what makes it, you know, for kids? I think part of it is the, you know, that we're talking about hobbits. We're talking about dwarves. We're talking about wizards, Gandalf. We're talking about, you know, there's this sort of constant... Um, the people we meet are not human until we get to... Uh, Let's see, what's that? I think it was Lake, Lake Town. There was another name in there, but... We don't get humans until later in the story. Uh, there's magic, there's enchantment, and that sets it aside. It's just so... It's it's interesting, too, because we get, you know, grimdark. We get, we get this side of fantasy that is sort of like, uh, it's more real, it's more gritty, you know, it's, it's noir fantasy, which I, I, I like noir fantasy instead of dark fantasy, because it, it just sort of brings me a bit closer when people say dark fantasy, I'm sort of, it's not dark enough, go noir. But then there's the associations with, you know, you know, you need your fatal character and uh, all of the other parts of, of the noir genre that would be... There, there would be this sort of suggestion within the, you know, the genre, this new genre I'm imagining. So then, yes, okay, dark fantasy. Uh, something like that genre actually suggests what kind of suspense we, you know, we can be imagining, right? That, you know, this is not kids' fantasy, right? This is darker. You could have, like, a, a dark young adult fantasy, but... It's sort of, it's between two worlds, and it's not, it's not so cut and dry. <laughs> I seem to be sort of attracted to the genre question today, and, and sort of what defines it. Suspense-wise, so, there's a threat of death for the middle grade there's a threat of, of being harmed. And uh, that this could happen to the main character, but um, for the most part, they're sort of carried through unharmed. Going into young adult, there's uh, a greater amount of this. And there's... There's death. I'm just thinking out of The Hobbit. Come on, there's, you know, there's characters that die in, in The Hobbit. Pop, pop. And I'm just, I'm just sort of thinking. It's, I don't think that death. Into the, the, yeah, that doesn't happen until closer to the to the end sort of everybody's pretty much okay up until the last it's called the battle of the five armies okay so suspense just to use that story we have we have a setup of the suspense right from the beginning first chapter or so there's the a discussion of the adventure, this quest that they've got to get to this mountain and defeat the dragon somehow, right? It's never really planned out. As we go along, you know, we get more information. We get uh, we learn that there's a secret door, uh, and we go on and on. And, and you know, find a way to to get there to get to, to get to the mountain.
and so that just even having mention of the dragon at the very beginning that we have this slow build-up of suspense of what's going to happen, what's going to happen. Even in the lulls that happen in the story, you know, say as, as they're journeying from event to event to event, in the back of the mind, there's the big suspense, which is the dragon. Then, within the events, we have... I'm getting my getting my stories a bit mixed up. And I think it's in The Hobbit where they climb the trees. I'm pretty sure. Uh, they have to climb the trees because the goblins are after them. And Gandalf is throwing down burning pine cones, which set the wolves' fur on fire. I'm pretty sure that's a hobbit. So there's this big suspense of, of you know, the, the main suspense. And then there's these smaller moments of suspense. What's going to happen? You know, they've climbed the trees. You know, the trees are now, you know, they're surrounded. And then, you know, the trees are being um, set on fire. Things are not looking good. So what, yeah, what is going to happen? What kind of twist out of this uh, cliffhanger moment? I believe, I believe that one was the... Oh, and two, it's better if I don't say, you know, because maybe you haven't read the story. So you sort of, yeah, how do they escape if the trees are on fire? And, and that question will be answered, right? That question is answered. That's the, the job of the storytellers to, you know, to, to, to sort of take us over that hurdle. So that's a nice way of thinking of it, that there's this, there's the, the, the grand arc, then there's the, the major arcs, then there's the minor arcs, uh, of suspense. Just thinking now of one thing I did was I I wrote a series in first draft. So I had it was, it was at least seven manuscripts. I think there was more, but my manager said that that's good. <laughs> you know. Uh, good enough, right? You know, get cracking, you know, making some money off of them. And so then I went went back to the beginning. But one thing that happened was that I had developed ideas and say, the good thing was say I had a better idea of, you know, the suspense, where everything was going. And whereas say, you know, starting off with the first manuscript, you know, I, you know, I had the first step, but I wasn't sure where it was going. So I could introduce, I could do a better job of introducing. So suspense, we're wrapping it up. Suspense. So you don't need high-octane action for suspense. Suspense can be really subtle, and the questions can be mundane, but, but say, there. And, and it, it's important to establish questions. 
of suspense. You know, what is going to happen? That there's this threat, that there's this desire for resolution. But we also want to see, we also want to see characters in peril. We want to see, um, we want to see that threat. So it's not, it's kind of like Chekhov's gun, which is, like say, if it just sits on the wall, if we just sort of, you know, introduce the gun and say, hey, there's the gun on the wall, that there ought to be some kind of transformation. I've mentioned before that even if they take it down and, and uh, you know, discover that it is all blocked up and everything, that's using it, right? That's something has actually happened. You know, or say the firing pin has been removed, or you know, we, we find out that it's actually fake. You know, that's a transformation. It's gone from the potential of something to, to the, you know, the negation or the um, something has happened. But if we just introduced it and then we never brought it up again, that it would that is that creates I'm not sure if it's false expectation, but it's not considering the reader. Just thinking about one writer who's left Twitter and that uh, he, he, he was doing he was doing this genre thing um, at least from what from what I gathered from him when he was talking about you know his project and uh, that he didn't want to have age considerations you know that uh, and to for me there was there were troubling things happening to a middle grade character that were age inappropriate and I think that there's a lot of things that you can do but I also think that you've got to be sensitive and what what am I talking about let's just go for it uh, considering puberty considering uh, addiction uh, considering and we're talking about puberty menstruation uh, talking about the the confusion around that right uh, and two for both uh, males and females, uh, and then let's throw in gender, let's throw in sexuality, and there's a really what is it? What is it called? Like, say, it's an opportunity for the storyteller to um, be of help, be of aid. Instead of just sort of, you know, not, not that this other writer was doing that, but I, reading their stuff, I had these concerns. And why? There are readers who, you know, to whom it doesn't matter. Um, for me, I, was, I had a response of, you know, as an adult and considering other other readers uh, considering women sort of being thoughtful and thoughtful and respectful and then too some readers some readers aren't and some some writers aren't you know that's not uh, important to them but at that point you know you you know you ought to be stamping a big you know this is for mature readers Or the uh, there's there's going to be blowback. There's going to be consequences, and if if you don't mind that, like if you're sort of inviting a fight, you know, and uh, you don't mind people sort of standing up and pointing at you and saying something like, you know, you're misogynist. You hate women, right? And this is the proof right here. Uh, 
Something like that. <laughs> wow, I was talking about suspense. Let's see. Ten minutes. Just gonna just gonna see if it's we have reached we have reached the base. Home base. Base of operations. Base camp. Okay. So, suspense. Maybe to tie the two together that. Considering your genre and considering suspense. Like, I'm just thinking of, okay, well, you know, what is the way to do both? You know, can you have a suspenseful uh, cross-genre experience, right? So that, you know, any reader can pick it up, you know, and they're not going to be sort of like, mm, this is not... This is not appropriate. Just considering the couple of books that I've read that, you know, have middle grade, um, middle grade protagonists that are in uh, adult situations. <clears throat> uh, personally, personally, it's a, personally, it's an issue. Let's just head over into the storage room slash writing room slash archive slash mess. Um, so yeah, so yeah, you can, you can do something like that, um, and, and, and you can't. And and if um, so, so you can have a, a middle grade, um, a middle grade character, but that that middle grade character is going to be middle grade, and how they react to situations, you know, it it would be unusual if, to, you know, to give to give a care uh, a kid an adult kind of response to suspense like say suspense of uh, an adult nature that it would just seem unrealistic and to have to have kids behaving as adults you know of course there's a suspension of disbelief and of course you know say kids are going to um you know, in your in your in your favorite uh, middle grade, you know, fantasy stories, um, kids are going to sort of you know rise to the moment and overcome their their fears of uh, you know monsters. Say, I'm just thinking of Harry Potter and you know very um, very real world, uh, uh, you know, like the villain, say. You know, rather than even though there's all this magic and uh, wizardry that is surrounding things, even though we have, I'm trying to remember if there was a troll in the first book or the second book. <clears throat> but those, you know, those characters were, there was you know, young and definitely um, middle grade, but they weren't being put. They they were they were kids responding to. Um, dangerous uh, situations, and then and then we have this maturity as they go into into young adult. Um, so of course you can have suspense, but you've got to be considering. Into yeah, what I'm what I'm trying to say is is the is this truth 
is just this feeling of, you know, yes, this is, this is an actual, you know, this is an actual kid or this is an actual teenager, um, you know, versus an actual adult. I, I can remember writing, writing a character and other, a bunch of other writers who were all women, you know, and they said, you know, no, this character is 13 years old. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I listened to them. Like I, I was, you know, like this is a room full of women who are telling you this, you know, this, they're, it's, you know, you, it's probably a good idea. This is to, to, uh, to go, to go there. And for, for me, it was, it, it, it totally worked out. Uh, it was much better. Why? Because I had this, I, I had this adult who was in this middle grade kind of world, which is an odd way to say it, but, um, yeah, it, it just made more sense, you know, when I, when I was writing, uh, in this kind of middle grade, it's actually right on the border between middle grade and young adult. And, and now I'm pushing into, I'm pushing more towards a uh, young adult, um, because it's, if you know officially the character is fourteen, and yeah, but it's also a challenge. Like say how much, you know how how far along, and um, there's the audience to consider as well. Like say what, what does the reader want? I'd I'd mentioned writing, um, bathroom stuff, uh, a couple episodes ago, and. That yeah, that that's that that's a, a consideration. You know, I I suggest that most people don't want that, and um, I'm now of course I'm remembering a Harry Potter scene at least once, and it, two and two it was with the troll, and we were actually in a washroom, right? Uh, you know, but that's kind of not the same sort of thing. It's it's there, but it's not there. And the humor does exist. I think I think I just want to end with it. Like say I'm I'm gonna go for it and just say most people. This is an educated guess, an experienced guess that, um, and to a personal one that most people, uh, most people are genre specific. And speaking of age, that you know, yeah. And sort of saying, you know, that, you know, for kids' stories, it's going to be a certain type of thing. And then for for teenagers, it's a certain type of thing. It, you know, there's this, um, there's this change that's happening, but we're not there yet. And, and, you know, and to talking with writers, they're going, you know, no, but, you know, you know, it is happening. And, and I, I, I would like to respond with, you know, uh, yes and no, right? It's sure you know you could you could write that teenage story, but you know you're gonna you're you're gonna lose some readers and you're going to get some flack, and unless you're you know really taking care of it and saying, you know, I'm respectful, and who are you respectful of? Uh, there's a huge amount of issues there. There's a huge amount of issues. There's a huge amount of issues for me, you know, say when I read writers who are, who are uh, putting mature topics uh, into uh, middle grade stories, that, you know, there's, there's a lot of difficulty there. And to just sort of, you know, write write it off and go well you know oh well that's not important you know it's it, it it's not it's not considering it's not considering the readership and i know that there's part of it is this there's there's politics there of uh it, yeah i can't get away from that i'm just sort of thinking even of the of the question of um gender and sexuality uh, in 
um, middle grade and uh, young adult um, stories. And I think that there's a necessity there, but also it it's a very it's it's very important to be respectful and respectful and sensitive why uh, always <laughs> uh, I, I I don't think it I don't think it um, I think for everyone that those those two those two age groups that it's it's really important to be, to be respectful to be careful and you know n- not to just go in and say it has to be this way and two i i don't know exactly how to do that i think i think the best way of doing it is to show diversity not put you know kids into sort of situations of deciding but uh instead of you know treating showing um showing respect for a diversity right so you know showing that there's sh- you know showing human beings showing a respect for human beings so that's key yeah i th- i think i've I, th- I think I've tread the, the tightrope there, yeah. and I I, th- I think that's that's the balance. And I I think sort of circling around for the other writers that that what it is is it sort of putting that the danger is say putting um, putting these middle grade characters into into situations of um, choice. And that's too soon. Uh, and, and sort of to develop that more is that an adult chooses, right? Um, that there is, you know, of course, you know, they leave home, right? There's this certain age where, you know, that it's sort of expected that's going to happen. And, or not, you know, some people stay with their family and, know are very close to their family uh well you know and then versus the you know the people who flee <laughs> and and you know try to get as far away as possible uh i think have i have i have i said i think i've i've sort of covered two subjects and i'm pretty pleased with that sort of say how i've i've tackled it you know that that it's about it's that it's not about pigeonholing instead it's about you know respect you know showing diversity showing respect for human beings that that that's the priority right um instead of saying this you know this is the way to, you know this is the the person to be um one of one of the stories that I've read put put a put middle grade characters in in danger, and and for for me it was inappropriate danger, and I didn't like it as a reader, and I was I was thinking well you know if you're doing this for your own therapy, it's for you, but you're you know you're not considering me. Uh, you're not, you know, sort of like, and then too, I'm sort of hearing this voice of me going, you know, yeah, but you know, oh, you know, you sh- you know, don't judge or something like that. And it's like, and too, I think it's that for me, I'm I'm protective. I'm, you know, um, am I, am I a gatekeeper? You know what? For you know, for kids, yeah, I will totally be a gate keeper i will be sort of like you know no that's not cool right and you know that's yeah and to i you know i don't want to sort of like you know point at someone and say that um that 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 sort of shows who they are i think it's more that um 
it, it's a kind of sort of a prologue where we're sh- we're showing the past and you know this you know awful things happen to these characters uh, the, and you know this is this is how they grow up right you know that that they become these uh you know they become the deeply troubled because of past trauma right so and and too that's very close to home for me and I'm I'm sort of I'm sort of a yes and no. Um, I I would more pos- position that into sort of young adult and seeing that person struggling and rather than say showing us the trauma, that in- instead we sort of we see this sort of uh, transformation or resolution that we see. Yeah, and, yeah. So we see, you know, see them say in high school they're struggling, but then you know, getting getting help and things are resolved. You know, I and I know that there's stories that, you know, of course don't do that. They show you know, the rebel who, um, you know, sort of, you know, is a runaway, leaves leaves town or something. And I guess it's yeah. I guess it's just that I'm not on that page. Oops. So we are we are done. And <laughs> so apparently suspense leads to this uh, conversation. Okay, uh, take care, and write one word, edit one word, and you know, a second one's going to happen. Take care.